Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Our guy, Matt Snyder, on the program, senior MLB writer extraordinaire for CBSSports.com, joins me now on the program. Good morning, Mr. Snyder. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. How are you? You know, it's, I'm good. I, I um. I took my son to an Angels game last week because he wanted to see Shohei Otani pitch. Now, we, he got Otani got moved up and had one of the great games in the history of MLB without us. But the next day, we saw him play, hit a triple, had a couple singles, and I was struck, Matt, because I'd never seen Otani in person, how overwhelmingly mesmerizing I found the guy, even when the guy was, was on deck, warming up, right, just swinging the bat. I was staring at him, and so were most of the fans. He would come out late, and people would cheer, in your time around him, is that a is that just a first time impression thing for me, or is there just something about this guy that is that captivating, even when he's just standing there? He's Major League Baseball's version of a rock star. The only problem is we haven't gotten to see him in the playoffs at all. So it's you know that's kind of where everything comes to a head in the sport. And I've I've spent so much time trying to explain to people we we heard it for years with Trout. Now it's Otani. Well, and Trout, I guess. But it's like, you know, in basketball, one player can, can touch the ball almost every possession or maybe even every possession. In football, when a, a team has the ball, the quarterback touches the ball every possession. In baseball, even with Otani going both ways, he can only hit once every nine times in the order, and he only pitches once every five or six days. And there's only so much one player or even two players can do for a team. Uh, so that's the battle we fight here uh, as a baseball media person. And obviously a solution for, for that, for us as fans, for the Angels in, in their efforts to keep Otani, would be the Angels to make the playoffs, to have a run, to showcase to the world what Otani can be in the postseason, and to convince Shohei Otani to, to stick around. But things are not exactly going swimmingly. Since I went to that game, it feels like they've done nothing but lose. Mike Trout is now injured. I know Anthony Rendon is just injured as or and or disappointing as a rule if you talk to Angels fans. And this is a, an Angels team trying to cl- hold on to any semblance of even a wild-card spot. How dire or, or not do you think, Matt, things are for the Angels' hopes of keeping Otani beyond this season? Oh, it's, it, it's getting dire. <laughs> it's getting <laughs> dire. Thanks to the recent losing. I mean, they were right, right, right in the thick of the playoff race. And my thought was, even just four or five days ago, hey, they have to be probably the most aggressive team going toward the trade deadline because they're not just playing for this season. They're trying to keep Shohei Otani to kind of keep the game together and move forward. And, you know, it's probably more important to keep him than it is to make the playoffs this year, but you can't keep him unless you make the playoffs, in my opinion. He's made it very clear 
in the nicest possible way because he's an incredibly nice guy. But he's made it very clear he's tired of missing the playoffs and he wants to play postseason baseball. They've got to at least get him close, and I kind of feel like they have to make him in order to even have a chance, especially because he's not going to have to go that far away to get a truckload of money from a team that makes the playoffs every single year in Dodger Stadium. So Matt's, I, I yeah. think it's pretty dire. I, I think, and it's, I still think if they're anywhere within shouting distance, they're going to try to buy and they're going to try to heavily buy just because they need to try to hope, hope against hope, pray, whatever you want to do, that somehow in September they win like 15 out of 18 games and all of a sudden jump right up into the playoff mix and make like the third wild card and then hope that they win that three-game series. And all of a sudden they can present Otani with an offer and also say, hey, you just made the playoffs here. We're going to go again next year. Matt Snyder, hope is wonderful. It can also cloud judgment. If the Angels, two days before the trade deadline, are in the exact same position they're in now, what should they do? Should they go out and buy, or should they bite the bullet, trade Shohei Otani, get a ton in return, and just accept his departure? Well, if they're exact same position as now, that's four games out of the the third wild card in the American League. That I would I would buy I, I would do everything you can because again you're talking about the the most talented baseball player maybe that Major League Baseball has ever seen and the chance to keep him for another ten years so yeah uh, if they tailspin even more and they're eight nine ten games out you you probably got to entertain it at least um, and, and just see what kind of offers you're going to get. I continue to maintain I don't think he's going anywhere, first of all, because of what I said, the hope and the desperation to make the playoffs, and if they're anywhere close, they have to try. But also, if they do get into a situation where they're 10 games out, and they say, like, look, it ain't happening, we can try to revisit this in the offseason. We can say, hey, look at all the guys we got back when we traded you. Come back, and now we'll be a playoff team. Uh, I I still don't think it's going to happen, though, because, I don't think that any team in contention is going to be able to give up the type of package that would make the Angels say yes and still feel like they like what they have internally. I I just don't – it's one of those things where – and I used to say this about Trout, but it's even more extreme with Otani because he's a two-way player. If you get to the point that you've offered enough to make the Angels say yes, you're going to say, wait a minute, that's too much. So I just don't think they're ever going to agree. Uh, CBS Sports is Matt Snyder here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder. This is CBS Sports Radio. Matt, I went to this this Angels game with a buddy of mine who's also a colleague who works in sports media, who's an obsessive baseball fan and has found himself, because of Otani, I think, to be a huge Angels fan. And he posited to me, and I want to run this by you because it sounded like malarkey. Second time I've used that word in the show. But he posited to me that ever since Otani struck out Trout, in that World Baseball Classic showdown, which was one of the most riveting sports moments that I can remember in the last year or so. He thinks Trout is over Otani. He's trying to give me, like, body language examples. And I want to ask an expert, do you think there's any tension between that you can tell between Mike Trout and Shohei Otani that stems from or includes that that moment? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. I don't – Trout's never been like that. Um, you know – yeah, no, I don't want to insult the guy because he sounds cool other than this bad He is cool. Yeah. yeah, he's okay. <laughs> no, He's probably listening. I, I think that's, uh, no, I think that's total nonsense. Uh, right. I, I, we've never seen anything from Trout that says he's that kind of an egomaniac, so I don't know why he would start now with a guy that he's always liked. And frankly, 
heading up to the at-bat in his heart of hearts, Trout probably, if you would have like injected him with true serum and said, what's going to happen here, he probably would have said the most likely outcome is I'm going to strike out. Because any hitter knows that if you've never seen a guy before and you don't know what his stuff looks like from inside the batter's box and he has the kind of stuff Otani has, it's a major, major advantage for the pitcher. You need um, to see a guy multiple times before you kind of know what he has and what it looks like. Uh, this dude went to the game with me, and, and um, this conversation happened in front of my son. So we've watched, my, my son Henry and I have watched that Otani Trout at bat four times in the last week. And, it, man, Otani had some nasty, nasty stuff. Uh, jumping Definitely. around... Uh, yeah, dude, it was it was it was amazing. Uh, jumping around, the, the Mets and the Padres obviously have not been afraid to spend money. Huge expectations on opposite sides of the coast. Very very unimpressive starts. But you know better than any of us, Matt. It's a long season in MLB. You can start poorly and strong. You can start strong and end poorly. Do you have a level of optimism or belief for either the Padres or the Mets over the next several months? I. <sighs> I feel like I'm into, like, it's not even fool me once or fool me twice territory. It's like fool me five times with the Padres, but I can't quit them. I still think that the pitching's been good all season. The offense has too much firepower to keep performing as poorly as they have in situational hitting. And when I say situational, I mean, like, runners in scoring position or runners in scoring position with two outs. They have been brutal all season in that until about the last four or five days. Right now they've won four or five, three in a row. They've started to score some runs. And when you look at it, it's not a matter of, oh, they need to add guys. No, they need guys like Jake Cronenworth and Manny Machado just to be who they've been in the past. Xander Bogarts has been inconsistent. He could probably be better than this. Juan Soto has basically been Juan Soto since uh, about a month into the season after a slow start. Fernando Tatis Jr., had the suspension after missing all last year, he has started to look like his old self. If they just play like they have the last five days, then I think that they're going to jump right back into the playoff picture. And right now they are six games out. I don't really believe much in the Giants. Um, That's probably the main team that they need to run down. They would need another wild card to drop back. Maybe it's the, the Diamondbacks with the Dodgers taking over the AL West, something like that. Maybe it's the Marlins who, who fall back. I just don't think the Padres are going to be this bad for the whole season. However, I was saying the same thing around Memorial Day, and they were just brutal for the next three weeks. So I could totally be wrong. Hey, I love the optimism, Matt Snyder. Matt, as you know, I cover the NBA, and I still loathe, really with every fiber of my being, the NBA All-Star game. And maybe that's just because I have to cover it, and I think it's dumb. But I don't love it, so I ask. I sort of give you that that that, that context, so you feel liberated to be as positive or negative as you want here. MLB All Star Game is coming up; it's around the corner. Obviously, the Home Run Derby is one of the signature events. Do you still think that this is a successful showcase for the sport? And separate question: Do you enjoy covering it? Yes, I'm total opposite of you, actually. On that front. And there were two things I didn't like before, uh, if we go back about a decade ago. I thought the Home Run Derby had gotten to be an absolute unwatchable slog, especially in person, because they would take eight, nine, ten pitches in a row and just stand there. And I, I couldn't stand it. And I, I will admit now, because it's long enough in the rear view, the, one that, the game that was in Minnesota, so it was 2014, I believe, uh, I left early from the Home Run Derby. And if you're going to get me to leave a baseball event early, it's got to be awful. 
they put in the clock for 2015 in Cincinnati. Todd Frazier won, and it was like people were counting down and watching and figuring out, wait a minute, does he have enough time to hit more? The guys don't take as many pitches anymore. They, they really only take one every once in a while. They've got their time out, but it's, it's exciting again. And I think the home run derby is amazing. And the other thing I didn't like was the all-star game itself de- determining home field advantage in the World Series. That was uh, an absolute hogwash. That was Bud, Bud Selig trying to cover his own butt for making the mistake at the Milwaukee all-star game when he just called a tie and everybody was angry. So then he decided to put in the stipulation. It was terrible. Terrible stipulation. Well, it's gone now. And now the players can just jack around and mess around. And um, it's not quite the same as the NBA where, you know, like they don't play defense at all. A lot of guys are standing around like baseball is just different. You get in the, you get in the box. The pitcher still has to try. Otherwise, he's not really going to know where the ball is going. The hitter's compelled to try because it's only a couple swings. On defense, you only make a play if it comes to you. But they try on the plays. So I still think it is is a lot of fun, especially since it absolutely doesn't mean anything, and they can just go out and have fun. And, you know, they'll mic up some of the guys while they're playing, which, again, you can do in baseball easily because on defense, they might not hit you the ball all inning and you have time to talk. I love the expression hogwash. What What's better, hogwash or malarkey? <laughs> You know, they're, they're both good. They're both really good, like old-school, archaic type. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not even going to pick. We have a family farm in Iowa. There's actually it's on Ryder Road in Cascade, Iowa. I come from a well, – it's true, Tom. My producer's throwing his hands up. And so I actually know what hogwash means. So, like, I'm, I, I think, I think I'm going to go – I'm not going to go hogwash. Big fan. Uh, Matt Snyder, great stuff as always. Appreciate you, buddy. And hopefully um, – Hopefully Otani and the Angels can win some games so we can get the benefit, finally, of seeing that that uh, that mesmerizing star in the postseason. That would be awesome, yes. be amazing. Thank you, pal. Appreciate you as always, man. All right, man. Take care. All right, dude. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 